Hey. Hey, was your cat being awful? <laughs> oh, she was just, she was in my room and I closed the door and was like, okay, she's in here. So that's good. And like, she's not going to be scratching. Go yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> second I closed the door, she was like, mm, yeah. yeah, let me out now, please. Can I yeah. go out? Yeah. It, yeah. I I totally I totally understand. My my cats are exactly the same. One of mine is staring at me right now. <laughs> he might he's he's being he's being good, but yeah, they've been keeping me up all night. So yeah, lately it has not been good. Oh no. Are they uh, okay? Yeah, they're fine. It's just that um so I I came out to LA for the winter mm-hmm. and possibly to move. And uh, the apartment that I'm staying in is railroad style, so there's no doors. So the cats just run back and forth <laughs> all night and play with each other and chase each other. And so it's just they, – they just play all the time, and that's what they do. And they keep me up. So, <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, are we recording? Yeah, we're in it if that's okay with you. Okay. No, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. they're great. They're, um, yeah, they're great. They're annoying. So now, and I'm trying to like play with them during the day to make sure that they're like actually distracted and tired at, at night. But uh, sometimes they want to play and sometimes they don't. And sometimes I'm like, you know, at an interview or something and busy. So I just can't. But uh, oh, he's headbutting me. He's in a friendly mood. That's Aww. good. What's his name yeah. again? I can't remember your cat's name. So I'm uh, sorry. This one, well, this one has an unfortunate name. I did not name him. This one's uh, this one's name is Milo, uh, mm-hmm. like Milo and Otis. Uh, he is uh, uh, he's he's a big orange cat. He's he's huge. He is the size of my torso. <laughs> um, and then he has a little brother, uh, adopted brother, not you know biological litter. Uh, and he is a little white and gray. Gray, uh, very vocal little guy, uh, and very photogenic named Theo. And Theo, I did name Theo. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, and they get along. Uh, it, it's just that they're driving me crazy right now. But you know, <laughs> they'll do that. Yeah, they'll do that. I love cats, though. I love. I really do love them. Uh, I love um, them, but I, there's they're monsters. <laughs> no, they are. But like, but we know that they're monsters, and we're just like, yes, <laughs> yes they are. They are. But that's you know. That's that is what that is, and you know it is what it is, and it's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I don't know. I'm like I'm getting like really bad about like buying things with cats on them. Like I have a bunch of like dresses and shirts and stuff that just have cats on them, and I'm just like, what have I even become? My friends got me like a cat face purse as as a present uh, for Hanukkah, and I was just like, yeah, okay, this is this is who I am now. I I am a cat person. Uh, <laughs> No, that's it's, funny because I associate the sort of cat lady sort of trope with New York more than I do with L.A. Yeah, you know, I can I could totally see that. I could totally see that. I mean, yeah, L.A. people are like outdoorsy and they like dogs. But like I never I never and this is how you can tell I've been in L.A. Uh, lately is my my likes and totallys have gone up like a hundred percent. I just used another like and that happens because I don't feel like I have to watch it as much out here. Uh, you know, when I first, when I first moved to New York, I was like, I need to, I need to monitor, you know, my, my accent. I need to monitor the way that I talk. I need to make it seem like I'm from New York. And my sister would make fun of me when she would come to visit and we'd be in a cab because I would pretty much like affect like this almost like Long Island accent in, in a cab, uh, to get them to like, take me seriously. Um, and just be like, yeah, you got to get on the BQE. You got to, you got to do this. Nah, nah, <laughs> that way. 
don't want to go that way. And my sister would be like, who are you? Uh, and, and yeah. And then, and then I come back out here and I just slip into the the thing, but, uh, it's, it's, um, I, I slip back into my Valley girl. I am, I am a veritable Valley girl. I was, I was born and raised in the Valley. Uh, and I, I, when I was young, I felt like I really didn't belong in LA in any, in any way, shape or form. I felt like I would kind of went against everything that it was. And I, I liked San Francisco. Cause if you're like, if you're like young and you feel weird in LA, mm-hmm. you want to move to San Francisco. At right. least that's what the way that it used to be. Now it's, now it's very different. You know, now it's sort of, it's, it's, it's tech industry, you know, almost entirely. But like, that was kind of the place to run away to the place that you would escape to, you know, uh, that or, and, but I guess New York kind of was too. So I was this like, I was this like, you know, morose, morose, anxious kid who like sunburned easily and was carsick all the time. And, <laughs> you know, and, and like people, you know, and, and then, and so then I went to New York and then I realized that being around people who were miserable all the time didn't make me less miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like I got tired of people like me, you know? Especially mm-hmm. when it came to dating, because my my like my like type for dating, like way more than 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 like looks or or, you know, even like gender or age is like uh, is is like people who are just like upbeat and laid back and like want to want to enjoy life, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that does <laughs> seem like his like just typically is harder to find in New York if the stereotypes are true. Mm hmm. And they are, they are, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of people, you know, you move there to, to focus on your career, unless you were like born and raised there, mm-hmm. you know, you move there and it's, it's an amazing city, but like, but like, yeah, I, I realized I was like, I'm not Californian at all. And then I was like, wait, but I am always trying to improve myself. And that is the most Californian thing <laughs> there ever has been. I am constantly like, I can do better. I can do this. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat a salad tomorrow for lunch and then I'm going to be nicer to people and I'm going to breathe through, you know, any anxiety and stress I might have. And I'm like, that's, that's Californian. That's like, that's like adorably and pathetically Californian right there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And now you're back. Now you've sort of like the prodigal child has returned or at least, at least for a while. Are you like, are you thinking you are going to be moving back? Yeah, probably because I mean, there are more writing jobs out here and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's what I want to be doing. And, you know, I mean, I started out playwriting in college and now that's like what I want to be, you know, I I miss writing dialogue. I miss working with characters. So that's all, but all, all the playwrights have moved into TV now. So Mm -hmm. that might be what I could be doing. You know, there's also, there's also a lot of uh, comics out here, which is something I would also like to do. There's, um, and you know, I, like, you know, I, when I, when I was young and I wanted to move to New York, I didn't know about, uh, seasonal affective disorder and seasonal migraines. <laughs> <laughs> so hypochondriac, hypochondriac and neurotic that I am, I feel healthier out here, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was younger and like just agoraphobic, it was, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was hard for me to, to be out here, but like it was, but now as an adult, I feel much calmer. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm happier because I kind of don't believe in happiness. No, I believe in happiness. I believe in happiness, but I don't believe that you should like be searching all your time for happiness because sure. happiness is, is high. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can't be expecting it all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is sort of, I think there have been a few books written on this in in like pop psych over the past few years of just like this, this unending pursuit of happiness as like the goal um, and how it's actually kind of detrimental if that's like your whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's not sustainable. And so I think like the best that I can hope for is contentment, you know, like, mm-hmm. like contentment, adequacy, you know, are, are, <laughs> are a lot of my basic needs being filled. Yeah. Okay. I got a lot of them are, that's good. You know, if, if they aren't, uh, let's see if there's anything I can do about them. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I don't need to be having the best day of my life every day because then, you know, what, what even is it? It's a lot and, of pressure uh, too, to be having the best day of your life every day. Totally. Totally. A lot of pressure. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, well, that's like, I feel like people I know who are always like, I'm going to have the best day ever, you know, or like, like when people plan their wedding sometimes and they're like, everything needs to be perfect. I'm like, Oh, that just, I mean, I imagine if, if I ever get married, it'll probably be something just like very casual and very small and just be like, you know what, let's just try to have a good time, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, instead of being like, this has to be the perfect day. You know, I, I, uh, I think that, you know, not everything is going to go right. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's better that way just to be like, okay, let's, let's try for contentment. Let's try for, you know, most things doing all right. So, so yeah, so I think that I'm, I'm sort of striving for contentment these days and, uh, I, I feel better than, you know, than when I was just like, okay, well, I just want to be happy, you know? Yeah, that's great. I'm really happy for yeah. it. I'm happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm stoked for you. That's that's so yeah. that's so great. Um, and yeah. oh my god, it's been. I'm realizing it's been like kind of a long time since the last time we talked. And speaking it it? speaking of books, your book came out since the last time we talked, which was like over a year ago. Yeah. Oh wow! Like, what have I been doing? Well, I guess I've I've been doing book stuff. Yeah, how's that going? <laughs> Uh, it, it's going really well. You know, I, I had a great time. I went on a book tour. Uh, I, I went on a book tour in, in September and it was last September and, and it was amazing, but it was also kind of, I was so tired through so much of it that, uh, I ended up having to write down things that happened because so many cool, amazing things happened, but I couldn't, I knew I wasn't going to be able to remember them all because I was either, you know, at a signing and I was totally on and I was smiling and I was signing things and I was, I was being excited and I was having a great time and, you know, people were being awesome and, or I was asleep, you know, <laughs> it was, it was pretty much that. And, uh, and I got to go, I, I went to, I mean, I went, I did stuff in New York, but that doesn't really count because I was living in New York, but I also did stuff in Boston, LA, Seattle and San Francisco and Toronto. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to go to more Canadian cities, but Toronto was the only one that I could do. Uh, Toronto was probably my biggest, uh, my biggest crowd, uh, and it was it was really fun. And I just met so many cool people. I had people like uh, in the the LA one was interesting because uh, you know that's that's where I'm from. So I had people come up to to the the desk at these like three I think like three or four women, and they said we were in a mommy and me group with your mother <laughs> and. <laughs> when you were a baby <laughs> and, you know, and, and she was great and we all loved her and, you know, and we're, we're really happy that you've grown up, you know, so, so well and successful. 
I was just like, wow, okay, that's, that's kind of, you know, emotional. And then, and then, uh, uh, I, I was, I looked to see if my parents were there, but I couldn't find them in the crowd. And I was like, okay, maybe they couldn't make it. And then this girl comes up and she's like, Hey, I've been talking with your dad. And I was like, wait, what? And I look over and my dad's in the line and he's waving at me and he's waving at her actually. And I wish I could remember her name. And he's just like, uh, so long, Emily, nice to meet you. Good luck with your, all, all your endeavors. And he's, she's like, yeah, me and your dad, you know, we're friends now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So I guess my dad, my dad made friends with people. He came up and, you know, got his book signed too, which was kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cute. And, and the next day I, she tweeted at me and she said, uh, she said, uh, uh, you were really cool last night, but your dad was super cool. So, oh my uh, god! Dad's dad's like stealing my thunder. Damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was uh, it was really fun. I didn't get a lot of sleep, but it was really fun. I had like children coming up to me, giving me drawings. I had uh, somebody uh, came up to me and said their name was Mara, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great name." <laughs> and and they were like, uh, they were like, "Yeah, actually, I I, I chose my name." Um, uh, when I was when I was transitioning, I always thought I thought about this name that I'd always liked, and it was uh, the name that I had seen on like the DVD. Oh my god! <laughs> and I started tearing up. I was like, "You you named yourself after me? That is that is just yeah." I wow. that just, yeah, that was one of the coolest things that I've ever heard. That was that was amazing. So yeah, damn. Yeah, and the book has been doing well, and it seems like a lot of people who kind of were, were like, you know, they were like, you know, the drama nerds and the tryhards, the sort of like Martin princes of the (laughs) world, you know, like me are into it. So, so that's really cool. Like I just, I, and I had a great time, you know, at the book launch, I had a great time during the book tour and, and it's also, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I think about death every single day. So it's also (laughs) kind of nice to be like, Oh, I I did this thing. And that kind of, you know, this, this might outlive me. You know, this might, mm. this might, people will be, will be reading this. And I have something to show for like my twenties, for my childhood. And I have, I've spoken, you know, for myself and if people like it, they like it. If if they don't, you know, that's their business too. But it's, it's nice to have sort of like, you know, a body of work of like something outside myself that I can point to and be like, Hey, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. You have like an artifact, like a physical yeah. thing. That's like, here's the thing that I put all my brain into and now you can touch yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah, that is, it's a, it's a good feeling for sure. Um, I like that you self-describe as a tryhard. Oh, I totally am. That's really sweet because <laughs> is that like, a, is that a long-term thing? Or is that something you started doing recently? It's something I started doing recently because I was like, I think I saw somebody once described as a notorious tryhard and I, and you ever have that feeling where you see like a description of something and you're just in your gut, you're just like, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's what I felt like. And, uh, and I, you know, and cause I think of like what I was like as a kid and I was always just kind of like, I, I was like, I was like Martin Prince from the Simpsons. I was just always trying to, I was like, okay, well, surely, you know, if I, if I, you know, if I say something, you know, nerdy and smart, uh, uh, everyone will love me. (laughs) Surely (laughs) if I'm, you know, surely if I've, if I, you know, and, and, you know, people, 
and and no, they they you know they didn't. And I I kind of couldn't help but like love certain things just enthusiastically. You know, I was I was so into musical theater, and I was so into just like anything kind of like big and epic and. And, you know, and I, I know, and like one of these days I'm actually going to like sit down and write something about why people hate, you know, the musical theater nerds, because it took me a long time to realize that even though I knew like in my heart that we were annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's also, there's also so much overlap between, uh, between musical theater people and wrestling people. Huh? Yeah. Because, and, and if you think about it, there's, there's a lot of similarities there, you know, there's a lot of the the performances and the characters and the, you know, the songs and the moves and like everything's choreographed and everything's heightened. And, uh, my, my friend and I were talking once about my friend, Jenny, we were talking about how every comedian we know is either secretly in a musical theater or secretly into wrestling. Well, the good comedians, <laughs> anyway. mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's some who are just like, you know, I'm a cynical asshole and I'm just going to get up here and, you know, be politically incorrect. But the ones that we like, they're, they, you know, they have those things because they're so heightened and so earnest, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you kind of have to be earnest about it because both of those things involve putting on bodysuits and jumping around <laughs> on a stage. You can't yeah. do that ironically, really. No, you can't. And that's, that's the thing. You have to, you have to commit to it. You know, you, you have to. So that's something that I'm thinking about. And also because I think that, I think that I do have a cynical streak and I don't like that about myself. Mm. You know, I, I, I have to fight it sometimes. And I don't like the cynical part of myself. And as, as you know, I don't even like sarcasm. So I, cause it's just like, it's something that just makes me miserable. So I, I have to, I have to fight that urge. And, and the thing is I'm either, you know, I'm either totally, I'm going to be totally cynical or I'm going to be totally earnest. And so now I guess I'm, I'm totally earnest. <laughs> Um, do you find being on Lion Lake, there is more of a, maybe not a pressure, but like a reward for being cynical? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and that's the thing, like, I don't, I mean, a lot of times I don't understand when somebody's trying to be ironic or being sarcastic. And I think that's just because I, I don't know. I think it's partly because I pretty much always speak genuinely and I always speak honestly. And so excuse me, I've been drinking seltzer. And I've, uh, and so I, I kind of assume that everybody else is going to too, but I, it feels sort of like, like, I don't know, sometimes people will say something like, oh yeah, that movie was great. And I'll think to myself, uh, I'll think to myself and I'll, or I'll say to them out loud, I'll be like, you know, uh, I really didn't think that movie was that great. And they're like, well, of course it wasn't. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, and then I, I just want to be like, well, am I to blame for being able to conceive in a world in which people had different opinions? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Am I to blame for, for being like, oh, you know, you, you thought that that's interesting. You know, I, I, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand sometimes. I think that there's like more, you know, there's more going on than, uh, than, than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that it, I think that, you know, I think that that's easy. I think that's why you see like, you know, fluent in sarcasm, addicted to sarcasm, sarcasm, <laughs> blah, 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 sarcasm in like so many people's, you know, like, you know, Twitter accounts. And I just, the layers of irony, I just can't, I just can't do it's, it's, you know, and, and yeah, every now and then I say something, usually when I'm angry, I'll get sarcastic. Mm. But, uh, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's something that I, 
like the more I see of it, the more I want to, and I guess the older I get, the more I want to shy away from that. You know, it just isn't, it feels lazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a lazy route to comedy and like it can be Mm -hmm. done well by some people, but it's also just like the thing that I think a lot of people reach for as like an easy way of getting a laugh. Um, And it's also safe, right? Is it's like, because when yeah. you when you're behind that, you can sort of hide behind that. Like you don't really get it. Like you don't get it. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're sort of just saying what you mean, it's. Um, and you're never revealing anything about yourself. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's all it's all very outside. It's all very yeah. It's it's not. You know, and and uh, so it's. I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about this this lately though, because I do think the, like. I'm like, is there such a thing as like too much sincerity? Mm. You know, I think about people who, who don't like, I remember the day after, after the election, um, I was in New York and, uh, I went with, you know, thousands of other people to, to, uh, you know, one of, one of like the Trump tower buildings and we were standing there and, and, you know, yelling New York hates you and, uh, which was fun to yell. And, uh, but like right behind me, there was a girl there who wouldn't stop trying to get people to sing. Do you hear the people sing from <laughs> Les And I wanted to be like, now isn't the time. And like her eyes were shining like she'd been, you know, waiting for this. You know, she'd been waiting for this. And she was singing like really loudly in, in her ear. And like she would sing the first few lines and then like nobody would join in. So she would sing the first few lines again. And I I was like... And I felt so weird because in partly I was like, okay, I have been that girl before, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have been the, the earnest musical theater dork before, but also that's not, you know, but also this is, this is some serious, this is serious and it's not going to be solved by like, you know, singing, singing Les Mis or Hamilton, you know, and like, but also at the same time, you know, she's, she is doing something good and earnest so good for her, but like, am I feeling secondhand embarrassment on her, on her account or is it? for myself because that has been me in the past or like, can, can you have secondhand embarrassment for yourself? I don't know. Uh, but it just, it just made me think afterwards. And I was like, and I, and I felt bad when I like told my friends about it and they laughed, <laughs> you know, but it was, I was just like, this just, and I was like, do I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know what to do, but I felt, I don't know. I guess I felt too many emotions that night anyway. Uh, and I got escorted off the the property for trespassing. Um, yeah, that was, that was a, uh, that was a hard night, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about that these days. Like, does, you know, does sincerity need to be, you know, curated or, or do you need to be careful about it? Do you need to be, you know, I don't know. I guess curated is a, is a worrisome term because I don't know. I feel like everything's curated these days. Everybody has, you know, has, has the image of themselves that they put out online, you know, that they put out into the world and that kind of, like, I'm surprised there hasn't been a sitcom where like people's like who people are on the internet, like those people like come alive and they like have to live with the real people. (laughs) Oh, so like the person that you've created is. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, the the wine mom, you know, comes to stay with the actual mom and is, like, really lazy and is, like, always losing the kids and is, is you know, is a big mess and, uh, and you know, isn't isn't nearly as fun as she is on Facebook. 
or, you know, someone's, someone's like horrible misogynist troll, like comes and just like, you know, ruins your house. I'm like, I'm like, how is that not already a sitcom? Because, because it's true. People do have to sort of deal with, you know, these, these identities that they've made for themselves. You know, they have to deal with the repercussions of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That sounds, that sounds kind of David. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's life. American Gods too. It's like <laughs> your Twitter yeah. personas have come to life and yeah. are trying to kill you. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh man. Has Mine that is- been, has that been like a thing for you? Have you like, have you ever met someone and they've had like this sense of who you are as a person? Or do you feel like you have like a pretty good one-to-one between your Twitter and like who you are day to day? I think, I think my, my like Twitter persona, like I did a, I did a, uh, I, I, I did a, a thing once where I, I said like me, me on Twitter versus me in real life. And me on Twitter is, uh, was Carrie Russell in the Americans, like looking very serious and, <laughs> and like intimidating and, uh, and, you know, scary. And then the other one was Carrie Russell in the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> and it's just her like giggling. And she's got this like big curly hair, like very like 1989, you know, and the puffed up bangs. And it's just her like mid, mid laugh. And she's wrinkling her nose and just looking adorably dorky. And I was like, yeah, that's probably me in real life. <laughs> like oh, that one, that one, the, the, the dorkier one is me in real life. The, you know, I think, and some of my friends will be like, Mara, you're really angry online, you know? And, uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I am. And I feel like I try to use that like anger for good. You know, I try to use it for, for what I consider good, which is both, you know, amplifying causes I care about and amplifying the voices of others that whose stuff I like, because I feel like I have this captive audience. So might as well use it to, you know, and then pay it forward a little bit. So I, I, but yeah, I do think that there's, I mean, there's not, I don't know. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about how sometimes we can be a little guarded in real life, but like sometimes people are guarded because they have like dark secrets or anything. Mm-hmm. But then we, we both were like, no, we can be a little guarded just because, you know, I don't know we've been through stuff or whatever, but like, but there's like no dark secrets. It's still like what you see is what you get. Like we, we, we can try to be, you know, like, like, you know, protective of who we are, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's like, okay, now that I've gotten to know you, we can be friends and, uh, and you will be getting exactly the same thing that you have been getting before. You know, mm-hmm. I think that it's sort of a, 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 like a misconception that like, people who, who, you know, are, are kind of who, you know, who have their, like, who have like some walls up who, you know, can be like sort of defensive, um, that they're like, it's because there's like a dark secret or anything, but I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. No. You know? Yeah. Um, although it can be fun to pretend that you have one. <laughs> it can be. To invent one. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, and the thing is like, I don't know, like I remember, uh, I, I, there was like a guy I dated for a while and he told me and, and, and he told me once that like the thing that had attracted him to me was the fact that I had walls up and he was like curious and that should have been a red flag <laughs> because that is that is a messed up thing to say. That is a messed up thing to say. Like I was attracted to the fact that you have defenses, 
you know, and that's that's just like, and I wanted to like. And it you got know, me to thinking about how I could how I could dismantle them slowly. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like what to say, and and like yeah, that's that's something. But I feel like a lot of people do that, you know. And I feel like I don't know. There's but you kind of have to be defensive, you know, if you're, if you're a public figure, if you're, you know, if, for, if you're, if you're like, you know, if you're, if you, I don't know, if you don't, don't aren't at like the highest level of, of, you know, privilege, you're going to have to be defensive. I think you're, you know, you're going to have to be, Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's, yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, people, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, yeah. it would be really surprising um, for a lot of people to sort of grow up in this world and not be a little defensive or not have be a little bit guarded. Um, you know, do you ever find that people like because I know this happens to me a lot where people they think they know you better than they do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Yeah, I bet. That's a really uncomfortable experience. <laughs> well, yeah. And sometimes they're like. Like sometimes there, and, and sometimes it's like, like one of my friends told me that she was a, a fan of like the movies that I was in. And I didn't know that, like how big of a fan she was until we'd been friends for like a year. But, but I, you know, but, but we got to know each other on like our other, you know, merits and things. So it was just like fine. But, but yeah, there, I feel like there are a lot of people who are just like, oh, okay, we're, you know, you're, 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 you know, you, you. I feel like I know you. We must be like really close friends, you know, or you open, you're open with me. So we must be really close. And it's just like, that's not the case, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's like, I mean, I had something like that a few years ago where there was this girl who like really wanted to be friends with me and we hung out a few times and I was, I was going through a breakup at the time. So I was kind of like in a bad place anyway. And, but like the thing about her was I noticed she had like, she'd like befriended a lot of celebrities or like a lot of people that were like important to her. Like she had like Lindsay Lohan's mom's number <laughs> and, and, you know, and she talked about like meeting, she was like, you know, Oh yeah. And I met Chloe Kardashian. Everybody knows she's the nicest Kardashian. And I was like, and I, I, I and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I, at the time I didn't really know anything about them. And uh, this was, this was a while ago. And, you know, and she, you know, she talked about like that she met this one ninety star, this other ninety star, and it was just kind of like, it was like, you know, the idea of like star fuckery. But she didn't, you know, she didn't want to like hook up with me, and she didn't want to use me for jobs. She just like wanted to be my friend, but never thought about, you know. But the thing was, to her, I I could have been anybody. Yeah, you know. She could have replaced me with, you know, Heather Matarazzo or somebody, you know, some other like 90s artifact, you know, some other 90s actress, you know, it was she could have done that. And and it would have been and for a long time. And eventually I had to tell her, like, I don't think we can be friends. But for a long time, I struggled with exactly what it was about it that bothered me. And I think it was the fact that I I felt replaceable. Yeah. And, you know, you say she didn't want to like get a job through you and she wasn't looking to like actually have sex with you but that almost makes it harder because I've been in that position too and because we don't really have the same kind of language around friendship as we do for other stuff um, it's hard because you you can't point to any one thing and say like 
because you can't really say like you're using me for this or like yeah. I don't want to have sex with you because she yeah. doesn't. So like what are you supposed yeah. to say? Like like telling someone I don't think we can be friends is somehow a much harder conversation. It is. It is. Well, yeah, I feel like we pe- pe- people kind of expect and I don't know, maybe it's just sort of a like I feel like this has to be like, you know, like a a Western or like North American thing of like, everybody should be friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody should be friends and that's just not going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's, there's going to be, and I think, I think we should, you know, I don't know. I really think that friendship, friendship is underrated, you know, friendship needs to be taken more seriously, I think. And, and and, you know, and, and handled more, more carefully because I don't know. I mean, I also think about how like, so many times in my life I was friends with somebody who was mean to me because I thought that because they were mean to me, they must have been telling the truth, mm. you know, because yeah. the truth. So if they're hurting you, you know, sort of conversely, you know, what they're, the mean things they're saying must be true, you know? So yeah. if like, yeah, and I had like a friend breakup a while back where, you know, and, and she would say things to me like, Mar, you could never admit when you're wrong. And eventually I went to like my friends and my, my other friends and I said, can I not admit when I'm wrong? And they were like, no, that's actually like one of, one of your best qualities is you can admit when you're wrong. You know, they were <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's like not a problem with you. Maybe it's just the context in which she knows you, you know? And, and it, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, I think that that's, I don't know. Friendship is something that's like, and friend breakups, like. I broke up with like someone I was dating at the same time that I had that friend breakup and the friend breakup was harder. Yeah. Oh, it was much harder. It's, it's, uh, like I know someone who broke up with, you know, their best friend a few years ago and like still hurts every day, still worries about running into them, you know, and, and is still sad about it. And, and it's cause it is that loss there. And I guess, I don't know, maybe you don't have the closure that you have with romantic relationships then because it feels like, I don't know. I guess it feels like it feels like a failure. It's it's hard. Yeah. But we I don't know. We don't take these things seriously. We don't talk about them as much, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's so hard and and so weird increasingly just like with how much access people have to each other and how much access like you're expected to grant people. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Like and it's weird, the boundaries that we set up. Like I told myself once that like, cause you know, I'd like tweet pictures of my cats or something, but if the cat was on my bed, that felt too weird to me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> felt too personal, you know, like, like they can't, you know, people can't see my bed. They can see my kitchen, you know, they can't see, but they can't see my bed. And, and I still don't know why. I mean, I, you know, because obviously I've, I've tweeted about sleep and I've tweeted about sex, but like seeing my bed for some reason is something that, that, you know, it's a boundary. And I guess if like the boundaries make sense to you, then, you know, more power to you. But, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it was, and it's something that I think I've held to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to make sense, right? It's like, yeah. you're allowed to have whatever arbitrary personal boundaries you want. Yeah, Totally. Totally. It's uh, and and it helps. I think. I yeah. think you know boundaries. Boundaries are a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, they are. <laughs> They're so important. Um, yeah. God, and it's hard um, when there is that kind of breakdown of communication between them, or like, you know, when two parties don't really know where they line up. Like I've had experiences where, like years ago, um, 
well, I had one in particular where basically someone was following me on Twitter and following um, a few of my friends as well. And we had all met up at this convention and this person sort of um, was there. And um, if you're listening to this podcast, it's not you (laughs) Um, because that person like 100% doesn't do that. Um, But um, but yeah, and like she just kind of like was hanging around the whole time. And then we were like, okay, well, we're going to go peace out and like get something to eat. So we'll talk to you later. And she was like, oh, I get it. And it was like, Mm. whoa, (laughs) Uh like there was no sort of like it was in a public space. You sort of like glommed onto this group and like, I guess that's okay. But like at some point you sort of have to recognize that like friendship is a thing that grows organically and that there are some people and like I've had this experience and it hurts and it sucks, but like there's some friendships that one person wants to happen way more and they just aren't going to happen. And it's like, you know, because we don't have that language to talk about it. We can't talk about it in the same way as like, you should be able to get over that person. Yeah, we don't, we don't. And it's, I mean, I'm always surprised by like people, you know, wanting like what, what people, people who don't have boundaries. I think that that's, you know, a, a strange thing because I've, I've, and maybe it's just because of the way that I've grown up where I have, I've sort of had to like, I've treasured my boundaries, you know? Uh, and even when I knew I was, I was crossing a boundary, I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I, I would get that feeling like maybe you're crossing a boundary here, but some people don't have that, you know, they don't have that voice. Like last week, uh, I was in Portland doing a show and, uh, I'd never been to Portland before. Uh, but the second that I got, I, I landed in the airport and I, interestingly, this happened to me a few months back too in Seattle uh, and in Toronto when I was in my, on my book tour. Uh, and both times it was like super late at night, like Seattle was two in the morning. Um, and these people showed up wanting me to sign things. Oh my God. Uh, you know, they, yeah, they'd like waited to see, they'd seen that I was flying, you know, from somewhere and then they'd got off the, you know, they'd, they'd gotten, uh, they'd, they'd gotten like to the airport and just like waited, <laughs> I guess. And that's, and these people, cause that's, you know, if that's their career, that's what they do. And somebody actually told me, they said, yeah, if they're carrying a blue Sharpie, that's, that's what it is because blue Sharpies apparently scan better. So they can make copies of it and they can sell, you know, whatever it is. So this guy shows up at the Portland airport. And what I learned to say to these people was that I just don't do that at airports. Mm. You know, I will sign things at signings, you know, sometimes if I, um, if I run into people in public, you know, if I'm like at a store, like this happens to me a lot because, you know, I, my, the people who know, like I, I get recognized at bookstores a lot because mm-hmm. I think like something like 60% of my fan base are like, you know, uh, queer, queer librarians, um, <laughs> which I love. That's you know? incredible. Yeah. So yeah. Or so like people who work at bookstores or something will be like, oh my God, I love your stuff. You know, can we take a picture? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. You know, and I'll, I'll just like, that's why like I have to do my makeup every day, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, and, uh, actually one of my, I think one of like my nephews or nieces once asked me, uh, they were like, you look pretty without makeup. You don't need to put on makeup. And then that day I got recognized and they wanted a picture oh, no. and they and we were like, this is why I had to. And I was like, this is, this is why your auntie wears makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so I don't look like, you know, a ghost on camera. Um, <laughs> but we, but yeah, somebody, and there was a guy there and he was asking me for an autograph and I was like, I'm sorry, I, I need to go. And he was like, you know, you can't just wait. And I was like, I'm, look, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't do this at airports. And I was very polite. And he started following me. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. And he started following me and he's like, you can't do it, please. It's for my, for, for my daughter. And I said, for your daughter. And he showed me his phone and there's like a two year old on it. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> you want me to sign? And I'm thinking like, okay, so, so you want me to sign like a laser disc of Mrs. Doubtfire for your two year old daughter? <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, sorry, I, I see your blue Sharpie. It's not working. And he's like, well, you can sign it in black if you'd like. And I'm like, that's not the point. And he's like, look, what do I have to do to get you to sign this? And I'm like, look, just get a different job. Okay. I know that this, this is your job. And I was being polite, but he was following me. And he's like, come on, you couldn't do this. Come on, you can't do this. And eventually I just turned to him and I said, I asked you to leave me alone. I was polite to you. You really need to leave me alone or I'm going to get security. And he walked off. Okay. And this, uh, yeah, and this this guy who was working in like uh, at like the 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 uh, baggage claim, you know, working at the airport, like looked confused, and he was like, he was like, was that man bothering you? And I said, yeah, I told him to leave me alone. Though he's like, what did he want? I was like, he wanted my autograph. The guy's like, oh, are you famous? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was in I was in some movies, you know, a long time ago when I was a kid, and. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. You know, like, what movie? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And I, I was like, yeah, thanks. And he's like, and he's like, well, you know, let us know if, uh, if he keeps bothering you because, you know, we don't, we don't permit that kind of stuff here at the Portland airport. You <laughs> 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 don't like people being harassed. And it was just like he, he had such pride in, like, the Portland airport. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't allow people to do that, you know. And, um and yeah, and I when I happened in Seattle too, it was like two really broy dudes at like two a.m. First of all, it was two a.m. And second of all, they were like, "Oh, but we can't go to your signing tomorrow night." And I was like, "Look, I know, I know what the people who like my writing and like my Twitter and like my acting look like and are like, and it is not you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not super broy dudes. It's it's you know, it's it's always it's I I you know, and and it's not. I mean, maybe that sounds prejudiced, but I know, <laughs> I know who, who really would, you know, like my autograph, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I know these people are going to, but like, I don't know. I, I grew up with like going to, going to premieres and stuff where there would be like strange men with photos of me to sign, you know, so they could like make money off it. They were just men who knew my name, you know, when I was, when I was seven and, and I, I guess I just kind of had to, you know, roll with that and be okay with that. And, uh, but, but yeah, but still, I think there's a time and a place. Absolutely. Yeah. And the time and the place is not two in the morning Uh, on a street in Seattle or at the airport, like. Or at the airport, right? Yeah. Yikes. I was also on a lot of Benadryl at the time. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I think that was the night that I found out that, uh, if you take Benadryl and Claritin together, you will (laughs) want desperately to sleep, but not be able to sleep and you will be jittery out of your mind. Oh God. Yeah, I'd forgotten that I'd already taken Claritin that day. Oh, See, God. this is the thing. I don't have a lot of crazy party stories about going on tour, but I do have stories about accidentally mixing allergy medications. Um, <laughs> although yeah. I did go whitewater rafting while on my book tour. That you was You did? In the Northwest? Um, in Northern California, yeah. Oh. My, my, um, one of my best friends is uh, she and her husband lead kayak tours. And uh, so one day after we were uh, – after San Francisco, uh, we, we drove up to a river near Sacramento and we, uh, and her husband like took us on a kayak tour through, uh, or not kayak, uh, through a, like a whitewater rafting tour. And he was trained in, uh, he's, he's from Nepal and he was trained like doing all kinds of huge rapids and amazing things. And he did, uh, 
he can do like flips in his kayak and he's, he's amazing. And so we, we had a really great time and we even like went swimming in the rapids, wow. which, which was really fun because we like, and so my sister and I, and my friend Allison were in a boat and, and, uh, her husband Omas is, you know, is leading it. And, you know, he points out the swimming rapids and Anna and I are like, okay, we're not going in there. We're not going to go swimming in rapids. And then we looked at like the other, uh, the other like raft ahead of us. And there was like a six year old and a seven year old boy. And they both jumped off into the rapids <laughs> and Anna and I looked at each other like, okay, we have no excuse now because, because these, if these little kids can do it, then so can we, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, and we both jumped in and, and it was amazing. It was it was cold. It was, you know, it was cold. It was exciting. It was, it was really fun. And it's the kind of thing where like, after I did that, it was like, you get that adrenaline rush of like, yeah, no, I can do anything. Even though I did something that like hundreds of tourists do every day, but you know, it was still, it was still, uh, it was, it was really fun. And it was like a nice little sort of recharge for me. I think like getting to be out and getting to be out in nature and, uh, before I before I went back and you know finished the rest of my tour. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's so that cool. was another fun tour story. And then going to going to Canada and I didn't I didn't want to leave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're Canadian, right? But, I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you live in the states now. Um, I'm living up in Canada right now, and I'm doing the sort of contrarian move of applying for a visa to live in the states. Yeah. Um, which isn't really the most popular choice at the moment. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I love New York too much. Um, yeah. I miss it a lot. And I miss my apartment and my roommates and my girlfriend and my neighborhood and yeah. all the bodega men who, who oh, tell yeah. me how beautiful I am every day. And um, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, Canada's yeah. fine, but um <laughs> But uh, every American who comes and visits Toronto is like, oh, it's so clean. It's so yeah. nice. It's so clean. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess it is. I have, yeah, one of my, one of my, uh, I, I, one of my um, siblings, uh, the wives is, uh, is Canadian. And I remember telling her like years ago, like when, like when I didn't know her as well, I was like, oh yeah, I love Toronto. She goes, yeah, all Americans love Toronto. <laughs> You know, which is, which is really, and, and I guess, yeah, I guess, uh, that's, that's true because it does seem like New York or Chicago, but like cleaner and friendlier. And, you know, like when I was in Toronto, we were walking around, uh, I, I just left a, I just left, uh, like a, I did a morning show there and I was leaving with my media escort and this guy out in the parking lot, like raises his hand and says hi to us as we're walking by. And I turned to the, my media escort and I go, and did you know that guy? And he's like, no, I'm like, but, <laughs> but he said hi to you. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> okay. You know, all right. Bizarro world. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it does seem, which is funny. Cause I know all Canadians are like, oh, people in Toronto were so cold and so mean. And so, you know, so, uh, elitist, but, uh. I mean, that hasn't, that hasn't been my experience. Yeah, so, I love Canada. I, I would consider moving there, actually, if if uh, I wouldn't, like, miss my friends and family here and yeah. if I could stand the winters. Oh, they're bad. Yeah. They're not great. It's it's not. You know, I actually like the cold, uh, but I but the, the dark and the gray just gets to me. Mm. Day after day, that gets to me. You know, I'm used to sunshine. 
the other night I was like, I wonder if there's any place that I could ever move to that's like cold, but sunny. Um, and it looks like there's like the Gobi Desert and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> At night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At night. So. Although I guess, no, not so much the sun. Cold and sunny. I mean, could you yeah. just move up up really far north like for half of the year? Yeah, I could do that. I Is mean, that how that works? Yeah. Well, now, I mean, since since watching that Norwegian teen drama, I really want to go to Scandinavia. <laughs> mm, sorry. Um, <laughs> back up a second. Because uh, a Norwegian teen drama? Yeah, it's called Skam, which means shame. Okay. And, uh, and it's, it's uh, like every season is about uh, somebody trying to hide something from their friends or their boyfriend or girlfriend or family or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, it's really cute and it's like really good. And they, um, and it's, uh, and they talk a lot about, they talk a lot about like Norway and, uh, Norwegian, you know, Norwegian stuff. And there's, it's, it's really, it's uh, a really fun show. And like, I don't know, I, I'm like way too into teen dramas, I think. And like, especially ones from other countries. And after I watch them, I'm like always like, that's the reason I want to go to Australia. I want to go to Norway. I want to go to like, you know, to, to these places is because I watched teen dramas that happened mm-hmm. there. <laughs> um, do you watch Riverdale? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I haven't, I don't think I watched the most recent episode. Oh, no, wait, is it tonight? I don't is know. It, I'm not it, sure what night it is. Thursdays. Yeah, I usually watch it. Um, I usually watch it on, on my computer anyway. So yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into it. It's just like the weirdest premise to me. Like I haven't actually seen it, but like it gonna, is. It's so <laughs> we're going to take these like premise. comics that have been running for like fifty years about nothing and make them into like a yeah. sexy teen drama. But it's like yeah, but but I love it. It's just like there's something kind of like Twin Peaks about it, and there's something. And the girl who plays Veronica, I found out, uh, went to the same like college program as me, and uh, like, like years afterwards. And some of my friends who like who taught there. Uh, taught her and apparently she was she was yeah apparently she was like a really really great student really funny really smart and uh and that was nice to know that there's you know some um you know somebody uh you know representing from my from my old school but Mm -hmm. she uh yeah and she's great on it she's she's great on the show I when I saw the ads I was like okay I don't know what to expect here but but then I watched it and I really liked it. And I, I know somebody who writes for it too. And like, you know, she's great. So I was like, okay, I'll give this a chance. And yeah, now I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> does, Jughead doesn't wear the hat though, right? He does wear, he wears like a, he wears like a beanie mm. kind of thing. And he's like, and he's like kind of like edgy kind of goth. <laughs> Which, but, but like, I don't know. But the, the, the actor that plays him is good. And it like, it like. Like, just, you know, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, I really, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like it. But yeah, when I first saw the ads, I was like, wait, what, what are they doing? How are they doing this? <laughs> and, uh, and, and now I'm hooked. So yeah, that's also my other, like my teen, my dream, my teen dream is, uh, my dream is to write for a teen drama because oh everything's God. so heightened, you know? Yeah. Everything's so heightened, and a lot of times they're, like, way more progressive than shows for adults. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and you can, like, say and do so much there. So that's, yeah, that's definitely a goal of mine. Did you ever watch Degrassi? See, the thing about Degrassi is I never knew where to begin. Mm, there is a lot of it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I still, like, I know I need to watch it at some point because it's, you know, 
it's like the Citizen Kane of teen <laughs> drama. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's uh, what we call it up here. <laughs> but like, but like, where do I begin? You know, I mean, like, where do I? I haven't seen all of it. I started watching yeah. from the beginning of Next Generation, and you don't need to have watched the original, I don't think, to understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, okay. You just get into that good, good Drake action. Drake, yeah. Um, young Drake. And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's good. I mean, it's like, su- like you say, it's super over the top and dramatic, which yeah. I kind of love. Um, I think you'd like it. And I think you'd be an amazing teen drama writer. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Yeah, I've written a lot about teenagers. I think it's also because uh, I was raised with three older brothers. So from mm-hmm. the time I was five to the time I was 14, there was always at least one teenage boy in the house. Yeah, you, so you studied and, their ways. Oh, yeah. It was like I had this like Greek chorus of teenage boys, <laughs> you know, and like like we could never keep any food in the house because because somebody was always like they would always eat it. And uh, my dad uh, would go through like we went through a gallon of milk a day. Oh my god! Uh, just, just because, like, we all had to have cereal, and our brothers, or and our brothers would like put it in their tea or coffee, you know, when they started drinking tea and coffee. And so, yeah, so my dad like found, so my dad had all these like little like like you know like life hack you know things where where he would know the the cheapest place to buy milk, and uh, and it was the Seven Eleven apparently. Um, so we'd we'd have to like stop at Seven Eleven every day because like the boys would just like eat through everything. And, uh, their friends were always over and they'd be like, I remember asking one of them once I was like, Kyle, why are you here all the time? And he goes, well, why are you here? <laughs> and I said, I live here. And he said, well, so do I. I was like, okay, well, that's not true, but I'm not going to argue with it. <laughs> so yeah, so it was something, you know, write what you know. Right. And, and so for a, a long time, I just wrote about teenagers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that's, that's something that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, thank you so much for saying that I would be good at that. Cause that's like totally something I want to do. <laughs> and here you can see the totally, like totally something. That's my, my, yeah, my, my Californian is showing. Um, <laughs> my Valley girl is showing. I can't hide it for very long. Mm, that's okay. I think that's why, like, I always liked like a lot of, uh, riot girl stuff because like people like Kathleen Hanna, you know, would they, they all talk like Valley girls. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so that's something that, that, you know, that, yeah, that's something that I like always appreciated. I was like, Oh, okay. You, you talk like a Valley girl, but people don't automatically assume that you're an idiot. So, uh, so this is cool. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that that was something that was important for me. And now one of my cats is coming over. The other <laughs> cats coming well, over. well, in that case, maybe I should, I should let you go before you get mobbed by cats and, yeah, and go full Valley girl. <laughs> um, not that I wouldn't love that, but yeah, um, exactly. just so you can preserve your, your secret. My God, um, it's not time for you to eat yet. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to go back to being my, yeah, yeah. I need to, to practice being my, my cool, uh, I need to go put on my, my boots and my like faux, you know, leather jacket and snop around for a while and complain about the weather and getting back into my angry New York mode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so good talking to you again. So good doing this again. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on. And um, what's your what's your Twitter again? If people want to follow you on there, if it, they somehow don't already. Right. Great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, and do we I don't know. Do we say the name of your book at all or no? Oh, I don't know if we did. I don't know if we did. And it's funny considering how much time we talked we spent to devoted to location. It the title of my book is Where Am I Now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which if you've ever seen any like clickbait with my face on it, uh, it's, you know, probably pretty, 
you know, obvious why that, why we chose that title. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. God. So that click page. Yeah. You too. Have a great night and I'll uh, talk to you later. All right. Talk to you soon. Cool. Bye. Bye. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co slash messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.